Hello, friend, and welcome to Joyfully Resilient Podcast. I'm Devela, your host, and I'm also a wife, fur mama, asthmatic health, faith, and fitness coach, entrepreneur, and chaser of Jesus and the abundant life that he has for me now after years of trauma and grief. Here, I believe that everyone struggles or will face a battle at some point during their life, some more than others, but the goal is to make it through the pain and the grief to find joy and resilience waiting for us on the other side. Whether you are here because you are currently struggling, have struggled, or know someone struggling, grab your cup of coffee or hype juice and come be encouraged that you are indeed not alone. Hello, hello, friends. I cannot tell you how important a morning routine is. And I just kind of want to preface on that first and foremost, because I used to be the gal that would set my alarm for the latest time possible and enough time to either shower and and get ready. But if I got ready, it had to be like nothing could get in the way of that routine. Like if, if the smallest thing threw off my morning, I was going to be late. Like that's how bad it was. And if I didn't have to wash my hair, which you know how that feels, there's a difference on hair washing days. And if I didn't have to wash my hair, I mean, I would push it as far as like 15 minutes before I had to be at work and I would sleep in till the latest time possible. I would probably even still hit snooze a few times. I would be running around like a chicken with my head cut off, out the door, always running late. I would get there either right on time or a little late every single day. And that's just pretty much how my mornings used to go. And that was simply because I told myself that I needed that sleep. Like I had to have my sleep. But what I realized is I actually don't need a full eight to 10 hours of sleep every single night. I actually run better on like five to seven at seven max. I realized that as I got up in the mornings and as I was productive each morning, it made me feel so accomplished. And my personality is the type that I, I'm motivated by feelings. If I feel accomplished, that is a game changer for me. I will I will chase that feeling every single day. And I have played around with morning routines. Of course, like you're never going to have like one set morning routine. I do pretty much the same things every morning, but I always change up kind of how I do it. Um, and that's simply because I like change. But here recently, I realized that I felt like my, my time with Jesus was rushed and I I hate feeling rushed when it, it comes to my time with Jesus. And so I had actually talked to one of my really good friends and she had said that she had felt the same way. And she just simply made a switch with her morning routine to where she could have the most time possible. I'm like, you know, I need to do that. So I now get up I I brain dump the things that I need to get done. Um, I I really focus on getting in my activity because that's whenever I feel like the most awake, ready for my day is after I finish a workout. So I work out and then I either do a power hour with our team, uh, like our team of coaches, 
or I just go straight into getting ready for my day. And I work from home, so I don't really have to get ready, but I enjoy be at least looking decent. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to sit in sweatpants all day. It's just not my personality either. I, I like to, to be productive. So I like to, in order to feel productive, I, ha- I feel like I have to at least kind of have my life together. <laughs> um, so I, I get ready, make some coffee after that, right before I have to um, get logged into work. Um, so for you, it might be um, right before you have to leave for work, but being ready for the day and just setting and I read my Bible, I have a devotional journal and I have a journal. So um, however that time looks with you, I, I know I talked to a few people that say that they they just simply turn on worship music and just sit and worship. Um, I have done that a few times and I probably should do that more because I I love worship. But the first day that I did this, man, God spoke and it was, it was powerful. And I I really, I just wanted to share it with you. So the devotional journal that I have been reading is a hundred days of believing bigger. And I cannot begin to explain how each day is perfect for for what I need to hear. And today's definitely did not, or, and that day that I had sat down, it was my first day of of kind of switching up my routine was so perfect. Um, At one point in the, the devotional, it says the problem is when protocol or how things are supposed to go becomes an idol. Nothing about God is predictable. The Holy Spirit is uncontainable. Your authority doesn't come from man, paved paths, predictable plans. It comes from the King of Kings. And it talks about how when we are fed protocol instead of purpose, we settle for less. And I thought that that was so powerful. Um, The prayer in it says, help me to detox anything that would block me from being who you have built me to be. Anyway, to go back uh, off that soapbox, uh, it says we don't have to have the religious titles, the degrees or positions that would qualify us by social standards to be able to teach about heaven, much less perform miracles anytime, any place. It says that we are appointed by God. That, that right there is our qualification. We're appointed by him. So nothing else can separate that. Nothing else can distinguish that. And I think that that is so powerful because so many times we focus on the things that we don't have or the people that we are not, the, the, qual- the qualities that we don't have rather than what we do have. And what we do have is powerful because that is, that is who God appointed us to be. After I finished that, that journal, I had to open my Bible to Isaiah 54 and holy moly, it was spot on to what I needed to hear because so many times, like I said, that, that social standard is that at least by the time you're married for a year to two years, you should start having a family. Like that is the thing. And that is a social standard. It's not, it's not what God says, but there are times where I will get so caught up in the fact of like, well, if I don't have children, that's not biblical. 
because you hear all the time, everywhere you go, it says to be fruitful and multiply. That's what everyone everyone swears by. That's what people quote. That's what people say. I mean, it, it is in the Bible. It does say to be fruitful and multiply. And I think of all of the people in the Bible that struggled to have children and all of the ways that they went about to, to have children. And then, you know, Jesus finally blesses them with a child. And so I, I see that and I think, well, what more should we be doing? What, what are like, what if we don't have children? What if that's not our purpose? But, but this is what it says in the Bible this morning that I, I did, I finished that journal. I, I get to Isaiah 54 and the first words, the first line is rejoice childless one who did not give birth. Burst into song and shout you who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married woman and granted i am married but that's what i needed to hear rejoice that's what i'm called to do i love my bible it is the she reads truth and it has devotions within the bible in on that same page as um, Isaiah 54, it talks about how it's a struggle to connect the physical life with the spiritual. Why would I bother thinking of others or looking to Christ? Well, God knew this about us. He knew that we would struggle. He knew that we would question. He knows that we are a bunch of selfish, hungry stinkers with tunnel vision. That's exactly what it says. And that's that's why I love this Bible is because the devotions are so real and raw. Um, that's something that I always pray and strive to be is real and raw and vulnerable with you. And that's exactly what this Bible does for me. It literally says, you bunch of selfish, hungry stinkers with tunnel vision. Um, and it's not the message Bible. It's not the message version. So um, that's usually message is is pretty funny and has um, like very real raw um, lines. But this was just a devotion within the Bible. It later talked about how Jesus knew he needed redemption from the beginning of our existence. He had our redemption planned out. He endured sickness for our healing. He endured suffering and, and loneliness for our redemption. He withstood wounds for our comfort. He braved pain for our peace. And if that wasn't enough, he experienced separation from his Holy Father in order to bring us, the slugs, back into his presence. And that hit me because... So many times I would I would feel like I was sitting in my sorrow. I was sitting there and asking God, why? Why do I have to sit here and go through another loss? Why do I have to suffer again and again and again? Why? If I am supposed to be fruitful and multiply, why do I suffer? And so I loved that on this page talks about suffering and how Jesus suffered. So why are we, I mean, we don't even hold a candle to the suffering that he endured 
for us. And then on the very next page, it says, rejoice, childless one. That was exactly what I needed to hear. Burst into song and shout. So that is what I, I'll do. That is what I'll do. If I never have a child of my own, I'll rejoice. I will shout and sing and I will be here in my suffering because what he endured is far worse than whatever I feel like I'm suffering worse than he has because I haven't. I I truly haven't. I I couldn't put myself in his shoes And, and where my losses have rocked me to my core, he's had it worse. I have to rest in that reassurance that where it says in the Bible, be fruitful and multiply, it also says rejoice childless one who did not give birth, which technically I have given birth. If you, a lot of people will say that miscarriage is giving birth, but I have not given birth to a live child. And so for me, I'm going to rejoice. That is what I'm called to do. And so in my in my time of suffering or in my time of waiting, in my waiting season, I'm going to rejoice until he tells me otherwise. And so I want you to rest assured. If you feel like what you're doing is not right, if you feel like what you're doing isn't enough, seek God with everything that you have. Because when you do... I promise you, these words will jump out of the page at you and smack you in the face, like truly, (laughs) because that's exactly what it did for me. It was what I needed. I needed to see that I am sitting here like a selfish slug when he has just called me to rejoice. So know that you're not alone. Know that it is okay to rejoice and still feel like your situation sucks. Give him the praise. Give him the credit that credit is due because he endured so much for us, for us to live in freedom. So that way we can rejoice. So stop looking at the qualities that you don't have, the things that you don't have. Quit focusing on that and focus on the things that you do have. Because whenever you do, I promise you, you're going to see more things positive things flow into your life. You're going to see God's blessings here and there and everywhere. You're going to see him move. You're going to see him speak through words, through people. So don't hang your head and feel like it's what you're doing is not enough because I promise you if God has called you to do it, it's enough and you're enough. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this podcast hit you in the heartstrings or you know someone who can relate, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Share it with your friends, post it on social media, and tag me so I can personally thank you for tuning in and allowing me to get real and vulnerable with you. I cannot wait to see you on the next episode with me. Have the best day, friend.